Hey, B. Yes? Have you heard? Heard what? Winter is coming. Oh my god. Is Game of Thrones coming back? Are they redoing season eight? No, just regular winter. Oh. I'm going to need two things then. Warm feet and coffee in my belly. I think I got just the thing for you. Oh yeah? Yeah. We've got some amazing partnerships with two companies, Smartass Undies and Cafe Hacienda Rio. Smartass Undies is a small business committed to saving the planet and your mindset. They're engineered from recycled materials to produce sustainable and super comfy underwear and socks. Motivation is perishable and needs refreshing every day, just like your undies and socks. Every time I look down at my feet, I see words like gratitude and self-discipline and integrity, and it just keeps me going. Tell them about the coffee, Dante. Oh, I've got coffee for you. Cafe Hacienda Real Coffee from Costa Rica. This micro roastery is just outside of San Jose. We found it a couple of years ago when we were in Costa Rica. They small batch roast a custom blend of pea berry and Arabica beans. You can pick your roast type and whether or not you want it ground or whole bean. And then they will ship to order exactly what you want. Now we've got a couple of offer codes for our listeners for Smart Ass Undies. We have uh, links in the show notes to get to the website. And when you, once you get there, you're going to use the code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. And for the Hacienda Real Coffee, you're going to go to goldenbean.net and use the promo code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Kick Winter's ass. Everybody. Welcome back. Today we are going to talk about the Queen's Gambit. Yes, you have now, like, <laughs> like a month after it came out, have finally watched it. Listen, I, I started watching it with you. You were asleep, and I started I, watching it. Okay, I was almost asleep when you started it, <laughs> and then I fell asleep, and I. It took me a lot longer. You kind of just plowed all the way through, did you not? Not all the way through, but over the course of a couple of days. Like, okay. I kind of... There's only seven episodes or eight episodes. Like, it's not very long. You have a lot of time. Well, I have... My kids go to bed early. And so <laughs> I have several hours at night. My kids never go to bed. No. <laughs> no. Um, I, I I didn't want it to end. So I did kind of draw it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you were mad at me. And my kid was mad at me because you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, we did. And I'm just going to let you guys know now that... If you haven't seen The Queen's Gambit yet on Netflix, please pause this episode. Yeah, come back after you finish it. And go watch it. That's your homework. there are some major spoilers in this episode, unless you're just not going to watch it. Yeah, um, which then, is possible. Which I don't know. I listen to spoilers for things that I know I'm definitely not going to watch, like all the true crime crap that you watch. Why do you have to call it crap? Well, because most of it is like, here is humans being shitty. For 12 hours. It, I just want to know what to look out for. <laughs> but but there's quite a few of those where I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to watch tell it. Me, just tell me how it yeah. ended. <laughs> like, I think it was like the family next door or something. It was so horrible. That one was bad. So bad. The one where like the guy killed his like... Oh my God. No. Don't. Really? <laughs> 
Isn't that like, well, why would know. they make a true crime documentary about a guy if no, he like I, maybe if, didn't if kill his kids? If you don't know the story, if you don't know the story, but it's, I mean, this episode is not about American Family Next Door. But I promise you this is going to be a lot more fun than that yes. docuseries. No, sounded. it will. But but it, it, it was done so differently because it was kind of the first time that they had between surveillance cameras on everybody's house to mm. text messages to emails to like they, they had ha- a lot of digital sort of evidence yeah like running up to yeah they they could create the story using sort of that that social media f- blueprint. blueprint right so it was it was really well done but i know you don't like the true crime i like it because i'm just I don't, is that a little bit weird that I'm like so morbidly fascinated by all the shitty things that people do to uh, each other? Not so much, but... <laughs> Just yeah, makes me appreciate you more. Well, thank you. Yeah, I look amazing by comparison when 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 you watch Isn't shit it better about, for you if my bar is hideously low? Well, I mean, look, I don't, I don't want you to have to just like stumble to get over the bar to find me i, I want to be a little you little need bit to higher you need that. that to be a fucking limbo challenge yeah, right like you want yeah. that yeah so the queen's gambit is the not queen's a true gambit, crime not a true crime. and it's fictional it is based on a novel yes why but, don't you why don't you kind of set us up tell us what it's about okay so the queen's gambit is about a chess prodigy mm-hmm. who happens to be a woman yes i mean she starts out as a girl obviously as most women do <laughs> So she started out, she's got this this uh, kind of unfortunate, sad past that we mm-hmm. kind of meet her right in the, in the middle of. Right. And she has this mind for chess strategy. Mm-hmm. And at a very young age, like how old was she when she started playing? She was like eight or nine, nine. something she like was that. Nine, yeah. Yeah, and oh, and it also takes place in like the ni- it starts in the nineteen fifties, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So it's it's beautifully done from a like set dressing, and mm. I mean, you really feel it's like really, it's the fifties. It's really cool to see the fifties and sixties in four yeah. K. It's, yes. it's pretty fucking cool. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's higher resolution than it actually was in the fifties. <laughs> yeah, real and life 60s. actually wasn't that wasn't high, even four yeah. K. Yeah. So, and then it basically charts her progress uh, as a rise um, of a, as a child chess prodigy to becoming state champion, national mm-hmm. champion, yeah. and spoiler alert, world champion. World champion yeah. And, uh, and not just female world champion. No, world champion. World champion. They didn't have a female world. Well, champion. they did, but she never played men. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's so right. We'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. So I, I wanted to set the stage a little bit. Okay. Because some of our listeners are younger, and indeed, I I wasn't born in the '60s. Neither were you. I was not. But even into the '70s, when you and I both materialized. Things were very, very different for women than they are now. Um, yes. I, in doing the research for this, I was kind of stunned at how late some of oh, <laughs> some of these yeah. laws changed. You, you were telling me, and I was like, "1981? Are you fucking yeah, kidding me?" Yeah, women weren't weren't accepted into Columbia University until 1981. What? Like that wasn't that long. So ago. what was what was life like for a woman in the 50s and 60s? Okay, I'm really glad you asked that question. So I found an article, we'll link to it at the end if you'd like. Okay. So it's 20, 20 everyday things that women couldn't do in the 50s and 60s. Number one, open a bank account. Mm-hmm. They could not do that without a husband's cosign 
And it's interesting because my mom was a career woman and they used to pay you in cash. Seriously? Yeah. So they used to like give you a little envelope of cash what? every week. Yeah. Because she told me a story about the first paycheck she ever got that was her own, like from her full-time job, and she spread it all out on her bed <clears throat> and then maybe rolled in it. I didn't, I don't want to know if she yeah. had clothes on or not. But, um, <laughs> Why so you paint that picture You needed a, a, your husband's or a male relative's permission until the Equal Credit Opportunity Act of 1974. Wow. Right. So that was, women couldn't serve jury duty. Okay. And the reason for that was because sensitive. women needed to be at home. Oh, really? Oh, and what did you say? I said because women are too sensitive. Right. They thought that they wouldn't be able to, they didn't want them to, you know, injure their delicate ears with grisly details of murder and rape and... Now women just watch true crime docuseries <laughs> on Netflix. That's a really cool, that's a really cool, Look at how like, far length we've that... come. <laughs> I'm not even doing my civic duty. I've just, <laughs> I'm just prepping for the time when Friends is no longer available on Netflix. Yeah, in Canada, it's finally leaving Netflix. Yeah. Sad days. December 31st. So, yeah. So, practice law. Women couldn't practice law in the... In the 1950s? Now, this is all in America, right? Yes. Okay. Even if they had gone through all the years of school and passed every test, women could still be denied the right to plead a client's case until 1971. I wonder, did like... RBG. RBG or, or Gloria Steinem or like... She wasn't a lawyer, Gloria Steinem. No, she, she was, was a, a reporter. She was a, a reporter, but, but she took up a lot of these causes, right? Like I wonder yeah. who was the one that, that argued that got that in Changed. 1971. It was maybe her. I should have looked that up, but thank you for exposing the gaping holes in my research. <laughs> you do so much research for, for these episodes. <laughs> Listeners can't really see the clipboard in front of you with right. pages and pages of notes. You have this planned out, so you missed one thing. I mean... Uh, when, we'll get back to you. When get, who, who, who pled the case on, on why women can... I don't know. A, it must have been a man because women weren't allowed to plead. For clients. I wonder if they were allowed to argue. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, okay. They could not breastfeed in public. And guess what? In 2020, for some people, that's still a problem. Yeah, I feel like, when did that change? I feel like that was recent. It doesn't say. It doesn't say. But no. they couldn't in the 50s. No. Unsurprising. No, but Congress did pass a bill to make discrimination illegal. Like, it was yes. basically like, you can't do that here. And they can't say that to you now. Okay. It's still, I think it's still kind of frowned upon like people make faces when they see women breastfeeding in well that's why women have those like fancy covers and stuff to keep their boobs covered when they're breastfeeding and the poor kids are sweating away underneath well it. i find that interesting because the nipple which is arguably the offensive part i'm doing air quotes is also covered when she's breastfeeding in public so yeah. what's the problem if she's doing it right <laughs> i don't know why did you have to say it like curve, that? Curve of the breast. I don't know. We side boob. We that shit all the time. It's called a bikini top. Yeah, but but the bikini and tops. And also. You can't go walking around a mall with a bikini top on. Sure you can. No, you need a shirt. Really? Yeah, I think. I think you can walk around with it. You just can't go into any stores. <laughs> no shirt, no service. But. Remember malls? In, in Ontario. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> in Ontario, you can. It's legal for women to walk around topless mm -hmm. in public. I had this conversation with my daughter, actually. Really? Yeah, because she said, like, it's not okay for, for girls to be topless in public. 
And I said, legally, they're allowed, but, <laughs> but most women Don't. choose not to no. because most of the about. men around become shitty and stare and catcall and make all sorts of noises yeah. and make it uncomfortable for them. But legally, yeah. you legally, can. you can. Yes. And then she asked me, well, why do men catcall and stuff? And it's like... That's a big <sighs> conversation. Yeah. Why do you... <laughs> I, I love how you back yourself into a corner with her. What? And you know, as she gets older, like she's only seven. That's just going to get worse. That's okay. But the thing is, is I don't mind being... I, I know I know that she's going to ask follow-up questions. Yeah. It's just a matter of what is appropriate to tell her at sure. seven years old. But when she gets older and I can tell her everything... Oh, that's going to be so fun. Fuck yeah, I'm going to be all over I, that. Can I please be there? Please, you? please be there. Okay, the next thing. Women could not attend a military academy until 1976. Okay. West Point didn't admit women until 1976, but they were trailblazers because they admitted women before Harvard did. Wow. Yeah, wow. Wasn't that part of like... Professor Marston and the Wonder Women, where they were doing the exact, him and his wife were doing the exact same research, and she couldn't get a Harvard degree because they didn't allow women yet. Mm. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't take birth control pills. Yes. Well, when was birth control invented? The Sorry, the pill. When was it invented? 1960. Okay. So in the 50s, they couldn't take it because it didn't exist. No, but after, in 1960, at first you could only, some, a lot of pharmacies didn't carry them. And if they did, you could only get them, only married women could get them for family planning purposes. I.e., I don't want to have any more kids. Correct. Or I'd like to make some space between my kids so that my body isn't destroyed by having a baby every year. My goodness. Yeah. Um, You couldn't become an astronaut. You couldn't attend an Ivy League school. And we kind of... How did that play out? What was the what was the years that people could or women could attend? Yale Ivy and Princeton schools? got on board in 1969, but Harvard held out until 1977, and Columbia University couldn't get until 1981. Wow! Yeah, it's crazy, right? Women also couldn't run in the Boston Marathon. Really? So, nope. In 1967, Catherine Switzer became the first woman to complete the first race, but women, but they kind of like. We're trying to pull her off the, really? off the course and stuff. Women were not officially allowed to run in the marathon until 1972. Wow. Like, why is that? I don't know What why. are you worried about? Like, I it's so weird. You couldn't refuse to have sex with your husband. So marital rape was not a thing until the 1970s. Rape was defined in all U.S. states as follows. A male who has sexual intercourse with a female, not his wife. Seriously? Yeah. So you did not have to consent. You had to have sex with your husband if he wanted it, and that was that. That goes. That goes back to that. That women are property. Like women is yes. chattel kind yeah, of yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Take time off to have a baby. If a woman happened to have a job, if she happened to have a job, well, it was the fifties. She would lose it if she wanted to take any maternity leave before the Pregnancy Discrimination Act of nineteen seventy-eight. Again, sounds really late. I mean, to us, to us it does. But like, yeah, that's um, easily get divorced. Before the 1969 no-fault divorce law, divorce could only be obtained if you proved your spouse had committed serious faults such as adultery. Hey, we just saw that on we The Crown. We saw that on The Crown. Yeah, we're in season two of The Crown. <laughs> and there's a divorce case that's happening. And yeah. the wife goes in and says, I want a divorce for my husband. And the lawyer says, on what grounds? And she's yeah. like, because he's shitty. Sorry, that doesn't, yeah, no, doesn't count. He's absent. Also doesn't count. It's got to no. be one of the three has big to be three. be like 
Insanity. Like insanity, adultery, or like just acting weird. Yeah. Yeah. And and you need proof. You And it's like, how do you get proof of adultery? Like it's... You can get proof of adultery. I mean, you need a witness, basically. You get a PI. You don't have money for that in the 50s. You're well, a woman in the 50s. You don't well, have... Anyway. Yeah. And who has... There's no PIs like there are now. Th- there absolutely were. Okay, but women didn't have access to that. Dick Tracy was a fucking PI in the 30s. I mean, he I know wasn't he's fictional. Looking for cheating. <laughs> well, I know he's fictional, but <laughs> I like your fictional example. But, but the point is, <laughs> that's is like that. Okay, it's it's not like they were like, hey, you know what? We should create this whole new career. For I know, our but guy. I think he, I think he like detected crime, not like <laughs> he detected crime, not cheating spouses. <laughs> Whatever pays the bills. Yeah. Okay. This is a long list of things women couldn't do. We're almost done. It was tw- it's twenty. We're on thirteen. Uh, they couldn't live with their boyfriend anywhere in the U.S. Okay. Incredibly, in 2013, living together before marriage was still illegal in four U.S. states. In 2013? Yeah. In 2011, several Florida couples were even charged with misdemeanors under the state's anti-cohabitation law. Is that crazy? 2013! doesn't surprise me that Florida was Okay, in the now news. Don't, don't alienate all of our Florida listeners. Look, I love Florida as a place. <laughs> okay. But the people that live there are... An endless source of misadventures. Like whenever <laughs> there's, there's a, a news story about a crazy thing that happened in the states, it probably happened in. You Florida. can easily look up any date. You can you can Google any date and then put Florida, and it'll tell you some fucked up shit that happened like, that day. But sometimes some good shit, like that dude that like wrestled a croc for oh his God, or an I alligator, know, right? sorry, for his dog the whole time while having a cigar in his mouth. I know that he's a fucking badass. Boss, yeah. <laughs> Um, Number 14, become a Supreme Court justice. There wasn't a law stopping women from serving on the Supreme Court, but no women were appointed until Sandra Day O'Connor in 1981. Wow. As of 2015, there are three women out of nine. Yeah. And now... It's still three. Still three. That was was another one of like RBG's quotes that I love. What's that? How many women do you believe should be on on the Supreme Court? And she said nine. And they're like, nine? Don't you think that's a lot? And she's like, there's been nine men. Nobody has a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, damn. Can you imagine a Supreme Court completely filled with female justices? Oh my God. Like, I just imagine them all like, you know, doing that like girl gang walk down the steps. <laughs> down with, like that. With Beyonce's Girls Run the World. Like, that would be really something. Okay. Number 15. Get a job without being rejected simply for being female. Until the Civil Rights Act of 1964, it was perfectly legal to discriminate against women on the grounds of your gender when you were considering whom to hire or promote. Mm. You certainly couldn't marry another woman. Well, yeah, I mean, like, same-sex marriage was only legalized in, what, 2014 in the state? Well, 2004, it was legal in the state of Massachusetts, but nowhere else. But, like, um, in 36 U.S. states, only as of 2015. Right, okay. Yeah. In Canada, I think it's been legal since 2004. We weren't the first. No, we weren't the first. It was first, like the Netherlands or somewhere in, of like, course it in, was. Europe, in Europe. Yeah. Women couldn't get a mortgage. We could not adopt a baby as a single woman. I get that. Do you? Because it's interesting because some of that true crime that you don't want to watch with me, one of the stories <laughs> was about a single man who adopted not one, not two, but like three little boys. No, but I can... Im- no, no. 
I can oh wait no, no. wait 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 okay. I can imagine I can imagine that adoption agencies are going to want a two parent home. They're going to have a preference for a two parent unless home. it's a single man. Well, I don't with think a that, pension for little boys. Well, I don't think that that single man should have gotten I don't, kids either. I don't either. Like, but he did. And surprise, surprise, he molested he, all of them. Right. Yeah. Become a presidential nominee for a major political party. Hillary Clinton was the first woman ever to receive a major party nomination in 2016. But when when was it? When did that change that you could get the nomination? It doesn't say. It just says in the 50s you couldn't. Oh run. no no they could they could run they just never. Oh they just never got anywhere. it. Yeah. yeah. Victoria Claflin Woodhull was the very first female candidate for president all the way back in 1872. Wow. So I know right. And the last one, seek legal redress for being discriminated against in school. And so all of that changed in 1972 with Title IX. Right. Of the Civil Rights Act banning educational discrimination on the grounds of gender. So this is the kind of world that the Queen's Gambit is set in. And this is for white women. I just want to... Oh, yeah, never mind. I just want to make it... I just want to add a comment that as a black woman, you were pretty much invisible. Yeah. Yeah. There was scant negative all negative coverage of women activists right during this time black women activists and they were largely ignored throughout the whole civil rights movement women's rights movement and you know just before we start on the the queen's gambit and and the reason i'm bringing it up is because one of the characters is a very strong black woman Mm -hmm. and jolene jolene oh my god Mm -hmm. i love her she's great and I found actually a quote that was attributed to um, Hidden Figures. Do you remember that movie? Yes, it was a great, what... it's a great movie. Hidden well, Figures. What... Hidden Figures was about the uh, NASA space program and a group of women, all black women, I believe, yep. who were responsible for doing calculations mm-hmm. for the space shuttle because they didn't have computers. Right. They had people with like slide rulers and shit that Pretty were much. like crunching numbers on paper and in their head mm-hmm. and there were these women that that were instrumental i can't remember if it was around like the moon landing or something yeah. uh, it was in the 60s mm-hmm. i believe so yeah and so hidden figures was basically like you never heard about them right. until um but this this quote i thought was so awesome because i think even today it's still genius has no race strength has no gender mm-hmm. and i think it's very apropos to our story today. Yeah, it is. Because she comes across... Who's she now? Uh, sorry, our protagonist in Beth. Beth in The Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. She comes across as somebody who shouldn't have any of these abilities. No. She or starts opportunities. Off as a, she starts off as an orphan mm-hmm. in the South. Yes. Kentucky, I believe. Yeah, Kentucky. Poor as... Mm-hmm. Like, can't rub two coins together. Kind right. of poor. Gets put in an orphanage. Well... Why? What happens to her mom? Okay, so again, I mean, we've already said spoiler alert. So oh, we're gonna yeah, like we're gonna spoiler. discuss. No, we're we're discussing it. We're gonna to go an through. audience of people that have seen have it. seen it. Yeah. So she ends up in the orphanage because her mom tries to what well, kill she them both. Succe- successfully commits suicide. Yes, and and Beth survives. By basically doing a head-on car crash on like a bridge or something like that. Right, right. And Beth survives. Her father is absent. Yes. And she tries to, right before that happens, she tries to sort of drop Beth off. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's wealthy. Mm -hmm. It looks like she might have been like a side piece or something like that. They never really say. No. But the interesting thing about her mother is that she's 
a mathematical genius. Yes. She's a professor, I believe. She was. And she also, she also had a touch of mental, some type of mental illness related that was tied in with that genius. And this is what kind of sets Beth up Mm -hmm. for most of her life is that that connection gets made between genius and insanity and mental illness. And so that becomes, that becomes a real theme as she's going through this Mm -hmm. because that link is something that kind of haunts her mm-hmm. um, the whole time. It, there's very there's a um, an early part where Jolene asks her in line at the at the orphanage oh, where they get the green pills. What's the last thing your mother said to you? And she said, "I don't remember." And she's like, "You will, you yeah. remember." And at some point, she does. She, she does. does she does get it back. Yeah. And she does remember the whole thing she and how that went, and she contextualizes yeah. it and kind of figures out how that went and. It, it really sort of, it impairs her ability to sort of regulate herself. And so in this, in this orphanage, they give these girls, it's a, it's a, it's just for girls, this orphanage, yes. Methuen um, house, and they give them tranquilizers. Yeah. These big green and white pills. Yeah. In a giant jar in like a in, dispensary in the, in the dispensary. school. And they call them vitamins. Yes. But basically, they're they're given out to keep them all calm. Yep, and pliable. I, I it was funny because when this theme of the tranquilizers kind of plays through the whole series, mm-hmm. and there's a character we're going to talk about in a little bit mm-hmm. who talks about her tranquility is is oh, yes. and and I was like, oh shit, that's where tranquilizer came from, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, it's tranquil, like that's the root of the word. Tranquilizer just calms you the fuck down. Yeah, makes you tranquil. Yeah, and and when you're dealing with a bunch of little girls, Mm -hmm. um, you want them, you know, amenable Mm -hmm. and easy to control. Yep. And that was the whole point. They were giving these young kids pills. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. And it wasn't just tranquilizer. They were giving them other things, but then they stopped later on. It was just on. the green ones. Yeah, eventually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was it, you know, throughout the series you see the these iconic at that point green pills. Yes. And you know exactly what it what it represents. Yeah. Um so and and this orderly, this um Mr. Ferguson. Yeah. You know, kind of throughout the whole thing what do you wonder like every time there's every time something happens where there's a man present so there what do you wait for there's there is an article i sent you yeah you and can. i'll link it i'll see if i can find because we have it through like apple news but i'll yeah. see if i can link to their website and find it but there's a canadian news magazine called mclean's that posted this thing about the queen's gambit and it perfectly sort of encapsulated my fear throughout most of this right because we've been conditioned and this article talks about it but we've been conditioned to see like when there's a woman on screen protagonist a protagonist she's in danger yes when it's and not it's, like a happy-go-lucky movie and but it's if just it's a, drama a matter of time before she gets beat or raped or killed or all of those things mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and we really have been conditioned to expect that because this this orderly quoting shakespeare and being quite friendly with with the girls you're like he's banging them yeah right the janitor who mr schreiber who teaches her how to play chess Scheibel, Scheibel sorry yeah t- teaches her how to play chess in the basement you walk she walks down the stairs to the basement and you're like it's dark and dingy yeah. she's gonna get raped right, right. like yeah you just 
I kept waiting. Or that headmistress. You think, when is it going to be where she starts taking them into her office and beating the shit out of them? Yeah. And you're right, right? And the whole series, even right up until the end, I was still like... Oh my God, is this going to be And now she's going... Yeah, is this this the moment? And what was so brilliant about the series was that that shit never happens. It never happens. And it shouldn't be an anomaly that we talk about. No. That she didn't get... It shouldn't be notable. That Beth didn't get raped in, in the series. But... It, it, it is notable because she didn't get raped, right? right? right. And it, you're just like, wow. And the name of the article literally is the best thing about Queen's Gambit. There's no rape. Yeah. And you're just like, right? Oh my God. I, know, like, I, wanted, you- I wanted to call that epi- this episode something like that, but I didn't really want to put like rape as in our title episode title or no, anything like that. No, thank you like for that. that. I, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but this is the thing is, it's not something that I really thought about before that how we get set up for and wait for and kind of set our teeth for what's this horrible fucking thing that's going to happen to her where the most horrible thing that happens to her is that her father is absent and her mother commits suicide with the intention of Beth dying too. Yeah. So you then men- she wouldn't have to worry about it. So you mentioned Mr. Scheibel. So mm-hmm. he is the orphanage's the custodian. custodian. Yeah. And he plays chess against himself. Yeah, he basically plays two-sided chess. Chess, and she comes downstairs one day to do uh, to bang out the chalk. Yeah, she gets told to like clean the chalkboard. Do you remember? Do you remember the, cleaning the, their the, their the, ra- blackboard the, erasers? Yeah, I wonder, like, you know, how much of my lung capacity was eaten up by chalk dust. My, there's so many things about about being in a classroom now that are so different. <laughs> Than when we went to school, yeah. Now, now everybody has whiteboards and dry erase markers, or or computer like short throw projectors and yeah. whatever. Yeah. When we went to school, there were like little chalk holders, so the teachers didn't end up yep. having. And I always had like a math teacher who was always covered in chalk dust because yep. they would always like lean against the blackboard, or yeah. or they would have. And you just like, and now that shit just doesn't. The only time you have chalk in your hands is when we go rock climbing. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I always make sure that I have some. Cake hand cream because that shit is drying. Just tries the fuck out of your skin. Oh yeah, it makes them split. It's terrible. Anyway, um, so so you think that Mr. Ferguson is going to do something horrible because he comes in and tells them goodnight and all that stuff, and he knows they're all fucking like drugged out. Up because he's the one giving it out to them, and he doesn't do anything like that. I still there's still sort of a hint that he may be fucking Jolene, but they never say that. No, and it's never made explicit. And I feel like. If, but they seem to have like a relationship. Yeah, like well, and the other thing too is Jolene is black and older. And older than Beth and Mr. Ferguson is black. Yeah. So I feel like that come but I don't remember in the in the in the in the Methune home if I feel like most of the residents were, were white. white. Yeah, that's so true. So I feel that's like true. their camaraderie was probably more based on on a similarity of their racial background yeah, that's pro- yeah, necessarily I really then that. and but also she was a lot older and she was super like jolene was older and she was super fiery yeah she was like with- the beth walks into the home and all you can hear is jolene in another room just like you cocksucker motherfucker like yeah. just like jolene shut up like you're just <laughs> she's just like oh she's she's on again right yeah, yeah. but but you know um so this mr scheibel she sees that he's playing chess she doesn't even know what chess is and she convinces him to teach her how to play and he realizes very shortly that she has a 
talent for it. And he starts to teach her everything, including some very, very hard to swallow rules. Yes. And, and etiquette about the game, which I think is, is really interesting that they focused on that. They did. Well, because it became a theme throughout. And also when we talk about this piece about how you're constantly scared that the men are going to do something to her. As Beth progresses through her chess career and starts mopping the floor with everybody, (laughs) one thing that also stands out is how gracious these chess champions are in their loss, for the most part. You know what? At the lower end, not so much. No. It's really interesting how the higher up she goes, and of course it's because, you know... She's already proven herself at some point. I don't want to get too. No, no, no. Ourselves, but, but 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 Tribal says to her like she's about to do this move, and he's like, "You resign." Yes. And she's like, "But but no, 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 you resign." Yeah. Knock the knock the knock the king yeah. over and shake and hands. Shake and, hands and and take your loss. Yeah. And learn. Yeah. And come back another day. And there's one point where she says she doesn't even know she's been learning all of her salty language from Jolene, yeah. and she says, "Fuck you." Calls him a cocksucker. Oh, cocksucker! That's right. Which she doesn't even know what that is. No, she doesn't know what it and is. And he doesn't talk to her for like. He locks her week. out of the basement. Yeah. She went to go like empty the to do the blackboard racers no. again, and they and they. And the it door doesn't really locked. say how long she's no. out, but but she gets, she gets the out. point. Yeah. She gets the point. Like you don't fucking do that. No. You don't talk like that. You and Shribal soft nexted her. Shribal. Shribal, sorry. Okay, but that <laughs> I know I'm that just that intimates they're dating. They're no, not. that's horrible. Um, so. And even when she, he brings in that chess coach mm-hmm. to to play her. From the local high school. And like it's like, can I get your picture? And you kind of go, Ugh. Yeah, you feel like it's going to be like super creepy. Like this is good. It's like now she's down there with two of them. Yeah. You know? And, you think, and a camera. Yeah. And you think, Ugh. And I just, I hate that that's the way we're conditioned. I know. But, but and, then, and then that picture that they take where she like puts her hand on, on, know, his, on shoulder, his shoulder. Yeah. Because he's seated, right? Yeah. And you're just like oh my god it's like so sweet right because this is you think of the the and beth as a child is is fairly emotionless yes uh and so you don't really know where she's coming from in a lot of stuff no and when she does that and she puts you go oh shit like this touched her in some way Mm -hmm. like this Mm -hmm. relationship meant something to her beyond just her intellectual curiosity of what chess was and right. all of that, right? Yeah, like, I mean, it it was something. It was it was the first kind of close relationship yeah. that she had that that one with Jolene and then with Scheibel, and so and and that and that relationship with Scheibel carries on in a couple of different points. It threads through, yeah, yeah. through through so, the, through the so series. So she's taking these green pills, yeah. And when she starts to play chess with Scheibel, she at night she begins she saves them all up. Yeah, Jolene, she, Jolene shows her how to like... To save them. Yeah, She's how to like, save them. She's like, don't swallow you them. Need, take them later. Yeah, it's just, and what she finds is that when she takes these pills, she is able to visualize a chessboard on yeah. the ceiling and move through games in her mind mm-hmm. and learn how to play chess at night when she's all fucked up, which is kind of interesting because... Um, a lot of people think of sleep as something that they can forego something mm-hmm. that they can sacrifice mm-hmm. and somehow that makes you um more of you know it, it it's it is evidence of your hustle and your drive and well, and what people don't understand look at doctors that that are trained which is for, ridiculous on sleep I, deprivation i don't right? want an, i don't want an exhausted doctor no, but thank you no. anyway <laughs> but 
And they're just starting to understand more now about what sleep actually does. And that is where learning and memory and connections are solidified Mm -hmm. is when you're sleeping. And so it's kind of an interesting part about how she'll play him during the day and she'll learn all these things. And then at night she takes these pills and she sees the the chessboard and she, you can see she's moving the pieces, moving the pieces, and then she sleeps Mm -hmm. and And kind of locks all of that in. Right. And so in very short order, she's going to, they kind of, the high school coach brings her in almost like a, almost like a circus freak to play all of the. She played both the chess coach and Scheibel Scheibel at the same time. At the same time, she played two games and beats them both and, and handily beats them both. And so the chess coach brings her into the like the high school, the local high school chess club. And doesn't she play like twelve? People she plays. At a time? She plays the entire chess team. Basically, one like does one move, moves to the next one, and then yeah. works her way around the room, and then starts over again. So they have all this time to think about their next move, and she has zero time, yeah. and she beats all of them. Yep. And their their reactions are varied. Yeah, it's a little bit more what you would expect. Right. That especially, this hostility. Especially high school boys being beaten by like not a just a girl, old. but a nine-year-old. Yeah. Nine, ten-year-old girl. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of the the thing that I was so striking to me and also upsetting that it was striking to me. Right. Is that this is a basically a feminist story. Mm-hmm. But... So many people equate feminism with hating men and men being shitty. We've talked about that in, in all of those manosphere types, right? Because <laughs> and, their, their and interpretation... We well, of course. Uh, but their interpretation of what feminism is, is f- female superiority. And hating men. Right. Yeah. Whereas feminism really is just equality. Which really, the only men we hate are the manosphere men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know who you are. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> knock it, knock knock it, it the, the fuck f- off. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, there are several men that she runs into. And again, it's not just the sexual part where you go, eh. Mm-hmm. But all of these men that she encounters along her journey. So the high school boys, the guy from her college Spanish class. Does she take Spanish? Oh, no, Russian. Russian. She starts taking... I don't know. Why did I write Spanish there? I don't know. Because you are taking Spanish. <laughs> she starts to win like local tournaments yeah. and, and things like that. And she thinks, you know what? Eventually, I'm going to end up in Russia. I should probably start Well, there's the specter of like the Cold War. Right. And oh, that, that's right. Yeah. And that... Because and that, it's post-World War II it era. Is po- yeah. And, and the Russians were using... Much like they used sport in general. A uh, as a way to exert or display their dominance over the u.s over the u.s yeah and And so the russian chess champions are always the most feared because they're the most efficient and most difficult and so she's like if i'm gonna compete i need to speak russian right well yeah so so at age 15 she gets adopted right right right? she leaves methune home she actually leaves methune home and again you're like there's that moment when she gets adopted and you're like the fucking stepfather's going to abuse her. Yeah, so she gets she gets adopted by the Wheatleys, mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Wheatley, and she seems lovely. Mrs. And, Wheatley, yeah. and he seems very like disinterested in the entire mm-hmm. process. But because it's the sixties, a single a woman can't adopt a child on her own. She needs her husband to be there too. 
So it sounds, it, it, it's very, very obvious that he's not interested in this. But even nowadays, I think you need both. Can you have one parent just go to the adoption agency and adopt the child and then come home? I think you can. Could I you think really? you can adopt a child. I know you can go to the pet store and buy a goldfish and bring it home. You can bring wow, a kid that, home. But wow, you can that's bring, the same. But you can bring a kid home without like, hey, so I did this thing and you then you open ha- the door. You can make one and bring it home. But both of you were involved in making it. Yeah, but I don't need you to go and have that baby and take it home. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine if your ex-husband just like, like one day you come home from work and your ex-husband's like, so I did this thing and then like opens the door and this kid walks in like, <laughs> I adopted a kid. Aren't you, aren't you excited? Like, like. It's like, I thought you were going to say you brought me a pizza or something. <laughs> I'd be more excited about that. Anyway, she gets adopted and, yes. and they also really don't say what the background is, but there's. They sort of allude to the idea that they did, like she does. She does say Mrs. Wheatley does say they did have a child, mm. but they sort of allude to the fact that that child died or something happened. Best a grief grief baby or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's almost like Mrs. Wheatley needs a companion, right? Because Mr. Wheatley is he's actually the biggest asshole. In the whole series. He plays closer to the expectation <laughs> of how men are going to be Just without in the this rape. world. Right. No, but he's disinterested. Like, even though, because there's the scene, and I remember, again, going back to this theme of, like, Beth is in danger. Right. When they're leaving the Methune home, mm-hmm. and he looks at her through the rearview mirror. And you're thinking, oh my God. And you're like, oh, yeah. like, she's going to get there. And it's gonna be horrible. It's gonna be horrible. And she gets there, and she gets this beautiful room with like a canopy bed, and <laughs> and you're like, when is it like? When does it get bad? When is it gonna be fucking flowers in the attic, or like uh, like you just like when is when is it, the stepmom gonna be or the adopted mom gonna be crazy or? And that was the other thing too. I was worried that like something was gonna happen between Mr. Wheatley and Beth, and then Mrs. Wheatley was gonna be really upset, and then he was gonna go away, and she was gonna beat her, and all that. Like you're just like, and and it again, like it's like what has happened to us where we. This is what we're expecting it's of, like, of female characters. It's like a Bechdel test for rape or female violence Ugh. or something, right? Like It's funny that you, you know, it's <laughs> almost like you read my notes uh, before we started. Did you have something in there about the Bechdel test? I do. I didn't read that. I actually legit just was, was <laughs> who came up with that. Because I wanted to talk about the relationship between Beth and Mrs. Wheatley. Because what happens is Mr. Wheatley takes off. Mm-hmm. And basically, he goes to Colorado or Denver. Denver. And oh, yeah, never which comes is Colorado. Back. And yeah. never comes back. She's <laughs> like, he's going to be away for a while. And without really explicitly saying it, she's like, basically, it's just you and me, kid. Yeah. We got to figure some shit out. And that, it starts with Jolene mm-hmm. and continues with Mrs. Wheatley. There are very strong connections between female characters yes. in this and so the Bechdel test for the uninitiated would you like to explain what the Bechdel yes test the Bechdel is? test is and there's a great Rick and Morty episode <laughs> where where <laughs> I swear to god sometimes you just bring shit up so you'll have stuff to put in the show notes oh my god it's the best and you will look for any excuse to reference Rick and Morty. Of course, because the Tickets Please guy has cum gutters for days. Oh my god. Right? Um the Bechdel test is where is basically it was it was a journalist that came up with mm-hmm. with the idea her last name is Bechdel I don't know her first name Would you like me to talk about it? Yeah, why don't you 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 <laughs> you 
I, I feel like you're struggling. I'm not struggling. I just so the I don't have all the information. Has, so basically, you know, um, female characters in movies have traditionally just been sort of frosting for male characters. Right. And so... Set dressing. There are criterion that need to be met in order for a film or a program to pass the Bechtel test. Yes. So there needs to be more than one female major character. Right. Okay. They need to speak to each other at right. some point. And they need to speak to each other about more than a man. Yes. Something other than men. So if you start to watch movies looking for these criteria it's really hard it is and and morty struggles with it in rick and morty <laughs> to try and come up scorpions lady scorpions like don't ruin it just put just so put the damn good. clip in so good All it's right. so out of context nobody's gonna know what the fuck you're talking about you will if you love rick and morty like we do okay so jolene and beth talk to each other mrs wheatley and beth start to forge this really quite surprising relationship i really didn't think that that was that relationship between those two characters was going to go as deep as it did. No, I I definitely expected that that again that Beth was going to be in danger somehow and abused yeah. by her. Yeah. And so basically at the same time that Mr. Wheatley leaves for good, Mrs. Wheatley becomes acutely aware of how amazing Beth is at chess yeah. and how lucrative that could be. Yeah. So she basically pulls her out of school and keeps calling the principal saying, "Oh yeah, like she's She's super sick. She's, she's got meningitis. She, no, no, not meningitis. She's got mono. Oh, mono, mono, mono. <laughs> <Not> meningitis. <laughs> Slightly sicker. It's a little bit different. Um, and they start jetting all over the country. Did you ever have mono in high school? What are you suggesting? Well, because mono is, was always called the kissing disease. Are you right? shaming me? I'm not. I'm just curious. No, I did not. Because I had a friend. I had a friend who had mono, and he who? missed. Uh, nobody, you know, uh, okay. in high school, and and he missed. Was it Mike? It wasn't Mike. Okay. Was it Ryan? No, it's not no. Ryan. Um, no, it wasn't Mike. It wasn't anybody in that 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 like you legit don't know. And and this kid missed like six months of school. Holy shit! Yeah, because so basically all the school that every single fucking school kid has missed this year. Or or yeah, early <laughs> part of like, 2020. 2020's like bitch, hold my beer. Like, yeah. <laughs> six months. Yeah, please. And they have a great time and they really deepen their relationship mm -hmm. while at the same time, Mrs. Wheatley is quite clearly an alcoholic. Yeah, she has She some drinks issues. a lot. Yeah. And she also takes those lovely little green pills that Beth is so in interested in. Yes. And so, uh, and her, she thinks her chess game so depends. Right. And it so. It became her source because they lo they locked it out in 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 Methune home. Yes. They, the law changed and weren't allowed to give fucking kids tranquilizers anymore. <laughs> and there's a whole big scene related to that. Yeah. And then when she ends up in the Wheatley home, she, because Mrs. Wheatley is kind of dependent on her mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways, sends her to the pharmacy right. to go and get these. And she starts like skimming. Yes. And, and this is the thing is that they sort of support each other's addiction yeah they do they really you do. know it's it's kind of a codependent relationship yeah. but at the same time it's a very supportive relationship like yeah. mrs wheatley is and she doesn't just blow smoke up her ass either and i was worried about her sort of just treating her like a cash cow it, i was worried about it, her exploiting well it started to go that way like you got inklings of this when when her fucking mexican boyfriend 
came along and it was like, oh, yeah, no, we got to go to Mexico because, you know, I can't remember what his name was. Uh, I don't know, but he goes to Denver, too. Yeah, he ends up he ends up disappearing to Denver. Where did he go? Uh, he went Oaxaca. to like Oaxaca or something like that. Yeah. She's like, I feel like it's a lot like Denver. Yeah. And you're like, Ooh. <laughs> and it's so clever. But but this is the thing. So so she's like 17 years old. Beth is at this point yeah. and, and going all over the place playing chess. And does she lose to Belkin or does she beat him? She beats him, doesn't she? Dudley, Belkin, Dudley she, Dursley. Yeah, she she, be, beats, she beats Dudley Dursley. Dudley Dursley. Mm-hmm. She loses to Benny the first time they play. Right. So, just just kind of some other men that she that she runs into. Belkin, which is he's sort of he's the state. He's champion, like the Kentucky state champion. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And she beats him. Or they, oh, you know what? They, horrible no, they're, co-cha- they're co-champions. They become co-champions. Oh, right. Because I think that they didn't draw, but I they think, did draw. Did they draw? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then she goes to Mexico and plays um, sort of a Pan Am tournament, yeah. it sounds like. And she, the, the, the creepiest dude in the entire series is this like 13-year-old Russian yeah, player. He, he named... is clearly the creepiest male in this. <laughs> but because... He's the, uh, Girev. Girev. But because... Because he's 13, the creepiness is almost endearing. Like, right. he's like one of these, he's like... Because he's non-threatening. Right. He's like one of these lecherous preteen boys <laughs> who wears like his dad's suit jacket and tries right. to pick up the babysitter. And, right. And you're just, the babysitter's in no danger. No. But but if he was like 10 years older, it could actually be quite unsettling for, for Beth, right? Right. Exactly. And that's, and that's kind of... That is the creepiest that it gets. Yeah. He's like, he's basically suggesting like, we should go to the drive-in together. Like, do you have drive-ins here? And she was like, yeah, no, bro. No. Like that's... Dude, you're 13. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I mentioned earlier about how she uh, says to Mrs. Wheatley, like, you know, I'm starting to win, you know, outside of the country now. Eventually I'm going to end up in Russia mm-hmm. and playing these Russian players. I should probably start to learn Russian Mm -hmm. and so she starts and and she you know Wheatley Mrs. Wheatley expresses a little bit of concern about you know like you know you got to be careful with college boys yes and and that kind of stuff and her first sexual experience is with this college boy from her Russian Russian, class and there and there you go again you feel uncomfortable you're like oh my god this can be so bad yeah she's gonna she's gonna be into it and then she's gonna say no and he's gonna push her and mm-hmm. now it's gonna be this like date rape sort of thing and you're just like Ugh. and it wasn't any of those things it, it a, was just really really bad sex it was so it was <laughs> as a man how did you feel watching that it was painful to watch <laughs> the awkwardness because mm-hmm. i think everybody who's had sex can remember to the first time they had sex yes and I think I've talked about my first time and how <laughs> yes, like my car battery died and my yeah. dad had to come and like boost the car. Like yeah. it rarely goes off the way you hope it will. Right. And it was such a perfect example of like the awkwardness of first time sex. But it wasn't his first time. No, but but you could see Beth was just kind of like like if, if if it was 2020 yeah. Beth would be like, you know what? I'm just going to get a vibrator. I'm all done. Yeah. But, like, but this is the thing is that um, 
it's the quote has been attributed to David Lee Roth, but I don't know if he actually said it. But for men, even when sex is like sex is like pizza, mm-hmm. even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. For women, bad sex is just bad, like yeah. really bad. Oh yeah, muy bad. Muy bad. Muy malo. Muy malo. Yeah. See. <laughs> Muy bad, you sound like George Urbanks. Como, como Gili bad. <laughs> oh my God, such a terrible movie. Awful. Should I put the trailer in for Gili? Gili? No, just let's spare everybody. Okay, yeah, no. you guys can find it. And she basically has sex with one of the guys from her college class, and he lives with a bunch of other college kids, and they all take off to go to some other state to watch a movie, and she stays for the weekend and like cleans up and drinks a whole lot. And yeah. she calls Mrs. Wheatley and she's like, yeah, so like, here's where I am. And she's like, oh my God, are you with a man? She's like, um, I was, but like not now, but I was last night. And she was like, oh my. And I thought it was such, that was for me, that was such a cool thing that this relationship between her and Mrs. Wheatley, like she didn't even shame her I feel for like, having sex. No, but I feel like Mrs. Wheatley knows the game. Like in the fifties, yeah, snagging a man is like the end goal of a lot of but women. But she didn't make it sound like it was like, oh, by the way, I met the love of my life. It no, was like, but I, so but I, I, I fucked I, this dude. But I felt like Mrs. Wheatley was like, this is part of your training. Mm-hmm. Like you need to know, you need to do these things so that you can get a good husband one day. Oh, okay, right, and you that's kind of up. that was why. But but. It's a good point that she didn't shame her. Like, no. oh my God, you got to hold on to that virginity. She gave her a lot of freedom, like a lot. Well, but that part part of that had to do with the fact that of her alcoholism and her addiction to tranquilizers. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just, yeah. I'm just having my wine and watching, having my beer and watching TV. And fucking your Swanson TV dinners. and Yeah. <laughs> so can we talk about towns? Yes. Tell me about towns. You know all the character names. Tell me who Towns was, and I will tell you. Okay, what. so she meets him at one of her first like, oh, ta- tournaments. Towns, I know Towns. who Towns is. Towns, okay. Towns. She met him in the Kentucky State Finals. He's so hot. He's super good looking. Yeah, and, and super sweet, and super suave, and like he was really good because this is one of her first big tournaments. Before we get to Towns, though, because mm. you skipped over my two favorite characters, mm. the twins. I don't even have them written here. You don't even have them in there. No. So when she goes to her very first tournament, this is not even the state mm, one. Mm-hmm, no. Um, she goes to the very first tournament. No, that's tournament. the state tournament. Is it the state yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, so because that's where she meets him. So she she goes to register mm-hmm. and and there are these two guys and I felt like they were, I can't remember their names. Doesn't matter. Mikes? I can't remember. I don't know. The, the two Mikes, the whatever twins. they were. The twins. And, and you actually proved to me that they were actually twins i thought yeah, they were didn't two, i didn't i thought they were just two friends but they showed up in all the most unexpected places mm-hmm. along her journey yeah, almost they did. almost like in like you have the sisterhood of the traveling pants no oh. no <laughs> <laughs> no like like when you talk about like a greek odyssey you have these like signpost characters that show up along the journey of the hero to kind of give them some direction on where they're going next. Okay. And these guys filled that role for Beth. Like they they showed her what to do. They kind of gave her directions on where to go. And and I loved at the beginning when she shows up and she's like, okay, so I want to register for the tournament. Here's my registration fee. And they're like, okay, so, you know, are you ranked? No. She's like, okay, um, the prize. She's like, what's the prize? And it's not very much money. It's like 25 bucks or something like that. And she's like, what's the prize in the... Open. In the open. 
Uh, it's like a hundred bucks or something. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm gonna do that, but you can't, you're not ranked. And like, do you have a timer? Like she knows nothing. She just knows how to play no, chess. They said, she... they said you can, but you're going to get killed. And yeah. she's like, you know what? Just put me in the open. And I love these two guys Yeah. because they were kind of like, okay. again, you, again, the, 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 the expectation is these guys are going to be shitty and they're going right. to do what they can to block her from doing. And they're just like, okay. And then they become like, super huge supporters of her not yes, at the end of that tournament do. but yes, uh, over do. the course of it they, they're like some of her biggest cheerleaders well i think i think it starts at that first tournament because she's the first one out with her little wind slip yeah because you have like, to like write your thing and, and drop like, it off what the fuck is happening here like it's and they're just they're kind of a, a, like at first they're like what and then they they start to follow her career as so many people do yeah and those are those threads that come through the entire story like Scheibel follows her career yeah. jolene follows her career right so Towns. And then so Towns is in that tournament. Yeah. And she basically is like, oh. This is the first time actually I saw her express interest sexually in somebody else. Yes. Because all the other men that she came across were like, they were, she was just kind of like, meh. Meh. Like, <laughs> you know, I should probably have sex. So guy from the yeah. Russian class, okay, right? Like, sure. Okay. But with this I one. I got to get this over with. But this one got her panties in a bunch. Like she was, and she was really <laughs> nervous when she sat down to play him. Yes. And, and he was really sweet. He was like, so like, are you going to, are you going to start my clock? And it was like, ooh, right? Like, is that like chess <laughs> dirty talk? Right? <laughs> Okay. So Towns, yeah. So Towns. So she sees him at that tournament and then essentially she doesn't see him again until Mexico. Right. She runs into him in Mexico. Was he a reporter at that point? Yes. Okay, yeah. And she and he invites her to his room to take some photos for one of the magazines. Right, he was writing. That's why he was there. He was writing for one of the chess. The chess magazine that she stole at the pharmacy. Oh, right. That's yeah. right. When she was like skimming pills. Yep, yep. So, and and again, you go, oh my God, like, is this it? Yeah, he's going to, hey, this- come back to my room and take some pictures. And you're like, this you're is like, going to no, end no, up no, in a no, sexual no, assault. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 Yep. And you're like, he's cute, but it's still not okay. But Yeah, she's really into him, but it's still not okay. I mean, she's she's 17. Yeah. She's just a kid, right? Yeah, he, and he's, he's, he's a lot he's older. He's an adult. He yeah. seems to be like in his mid-20s. He was an adult when he met her the first time, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so they go up, and same kind of thing, like super sweet, and they sit on a bed and start playing chess, and you're like... And, and this is the thing. It's almost like she could be plied anywhere to do anything. As long as there was chess involved. And they involved. go, do you want to play? And she goes, okay. Like, yeah, yeah let's do the thing. And, and then there's a wrinkle. Yeah. Because she's, I think she's feeling, she's seen Mrs. Wheatley go off with, mm-hmm. he, he, I know he wasn't Antonio Banderas, but he was like, <laughs> it struck me as like Antonio Banderas from like Desperado or something like that. Like it was just like the most over the top sort of like Latin Latin man. lover. Yeah. Latin like, lover kinda, exactly. Like what was it? Was like guy who... Who's that Billy Crystal character? In which? Uh, it was a uh, Lamas. Lamas is. You remember? Do you remember? Um, <laughs> fuck, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, it, it, I can see the guy's face. He's from the '80s, but like, yeah, that the ultimate Latin lover guy. And You're not talking about Lorenzo Lamas, are you? Lorenzo Lamas's dad. Oh shit! Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, but Lorenzo Lamas and then his dad. Yeah, that, that machismo ladies' yeah. man kind of thing, and I felt like. When she saw town, she was like, hey, I'm in Mexico. Like, Mrs. Wheatley's having a good time. Like, this is my thing. I'm going to have an okay time. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> and she gets to his room and you're totally thinking like she wants this to happen. Yeah, she, she does. She yeah. feels like it's progressing. Yep. Except and then, Towns's roommate walks in. I don't know if it was his he roommate. He said it was his roommate, but this guy was very clearly gay. Yes. And it became quite clear that Towns was gay. It awkward. Yeah. Very awkward very quickly. Yeah. Um although I still maintain well, maybe not. You think he was bi? Yeah, but I don't know. Like, it, it because he, just, he, he seemed very attracted to her. But I don't know if it was just because he was attracted to her little chest mind. I, I think no I think a lot of that, and this is this is one of those things, is that a lot of these men that she has relationships with, mm-hmm. I think a lot of them look at her not as a woman that they can fuck, but as something of something that astounds them from it like they're all so chess focused Mm -hmm. that the other stuff is cool but when you get to a certain level the only thing that matters is chess right and when they look at her and they play her and they see her abilities they they think they're attracted to her and then yeah and then they realize that oh no it's just like well but she doesn't same thing she doesn't seem that interested in them no and when she you know when she gets beat by by benny um, Benny Watts. Yeah, she's kind of like, I don't like you, Jenjin from uh, from Game of Thrones, and also the, <laughs> the the little kid from Love Actually. No, is is it? Love yeah, it's Actually? Love Actually. It's it's uh, it's Liam Neeson. Other... It's Liam, not about a boy. No, it's Liam Neeson's son in in uh, Love Actually, the one who has the has to do the fucking drum, plays the drums in the talent show for the girl or whatever. Can't remember. I fucking hate romantic comedies. It's a you good. Know cri- you know what? It's a good. Christmas you and Charles movie. can go watch that together. Charles, man, what do you think? We'll do like a Love Actually episode. (laughs) (laughs) Lover, little shout out to the lover and the fighter. Yeah, I think you're right. Like all of these men, except for Towns, she's they're kind of utilitarian to her. Yeah, she's not mean. It's just she's so singularly focused. Yes, they're stepping stones, right? And it was just kind of like, well, I guess this is just part of it. Like if I if I want them to help me and I want them to stay around, yeah. this is what I'm going to have to have sex with them. But at the same time, like, and this is one of the themes that I wrote down here is all of the different, there's no real explicit sex scenes in this, no. in this series, but there's a lot of different sexual themes that are touched on, yeah. but not really made a big deal of even though it's in the 60s which i find really really interesting but these so, but these these people in the chess world in the 60s were not the free love people of the no, 60s no they weren't but this is this is why i find it so fascinating is because these are sort of the 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 establishment rule oriented yes. straight laced yes you know, and and that the 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 contrast and like the dichotomy is so interesting because you have Towns and his assumed but never never explicitly said lover. Although they do kind of wrap it up at the end, where she kind of goes like, "What happened in Mexico?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, ooh. yeah about that. He's, yeah, he's my dude. Yeah, and like I really wanted to be your friend, and you were shitty to me, and it broke my heart a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then, but then they also. Do you remember at the Methune home, like sort of the choir leader, like she was a trans woman and they don't even talk about that. How do you know she was a trans woman? I have eyes. You think that that was Yeah, the ca- if you go back and look, 
you'll be like, oh, shit. Okay, but what was the... It's just visual? There's nothing else in it? They don't talk about it. But she it could just be a very handsome woman, like... Bro. No? Do you want to talk about the twins again? What about the twins? That you didn't believe me that they were twins, and I had to, like, I actually had to show you, like, <laughs> that they both had the same fucking last name okay, to prove that they were twins. They're actually twins. Like, they're actually twins. Yeah. Okay. So they, so they touch on transsexuality. Okay. They touch on homosexuality. They do. Between men. Mm-hmm. Um, bisexuality. Bisexuality, right? So Cleo, who is The French friends, model. The French model, who's, who comes into Benny Watts's apartment in Yeah, New he York. lives in some shitty dank step down like almost almost an underground apartment yeah. in new york but she shows up with two of his friends and beth asks her which one are you with and she's like well both of them right do you remember that yeah it's a little little, little poly it's, going on it's a little thruple yeah it's a little yeah. thruple going on yeah but then she also sort of makes it clear to beth that oh and i also fuck women by the way just in case, you know. Just in case you were wondering, like yeah. I really hate French models because you know they're just they're just vapid, you know, coat hangers with faces, and you know, and they suck in bed, like as as does anybody who doesn't like food, right? Yep. And you're like, oh wow, what a great point. Yeah. And <laughs> a little bit later, the two of them have um, an encounter. Right. So the day the day that that Beth faces the the Russian champion, Borgov. the world champion, Borgov, yep. um, for the second time in Paris, she wakes up in the morning, and I don't I, I don't think you noticed that. I didn't but notice it. Cleo was in the bed. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, so they touch on bisexuality, they, t- they touch on poly, they touch on homosexuality, um, they touch on um and and not and without a whole lot of to do right it they don't make a big deal about well, it and it's I, like this and, is what happens and i i would argue that in most um movies if especially the main character is bisexual there's going to be a huge chick on chick sex scene can you think of a movie where the lead female is bisexual atomic blonde oh snap good choice mm. yeah nice one okay little Charlize Theron. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so, and that, they made a big deal out of that sex scene. Yep. And, and in this series, they did not. It was just kind of a footnote where they went, you know, she came down, they had some drinks, they, it went too far, you know, with the drinking because she was trying to be, stay sober for her match and Mm -hmm. she didn't and she fucking lost again. Right? And it's just kind of interesting to me that they don't really make a big deal out of that. And there were no sex scenes at all, even though the suggestion was that she was bisexual or at least bi-curious. I love that. I love that there's a little bit of a normalizing of all of those different aspects of sexuality yeah. in the context of it being set in the fucking 60s. Yeah, yeah. Like I get you know, free love and all that, but it was basically free love for the straight white people. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I love how there is such a break from the traditional narrative of exes. Yeah. So how did her exes treat her? Like, so technically Belkin was an ex. Yes. Benny was an ex. Belkin was probably the most... Aggrieved. Yeah. The most. <laughs> he really loved her. The most typical response of an ex that you would find in this kind of thing. Like, 
he fixed his teeth for her. He moved in with her for a little mm, while. No. Then, like, they have a super awkward kind of sex scene where they finish and he's like, should I go to back to my room? And she's like, <laughs> do whatever you want. And so he's like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm a go then. I'm a go. And she's yeah. like, all right, good night. And he's like, <laughs> right? Like, she's right. just so nonplussed about it. And right. then he ends up leaving because she kind of outgrows him. But the and he other- knows that, but he's not angry about it. No, he's hurt. At one point, Benny tells her, don't fucking call me. But that's more about her addictions than yes, because Yes, because he's, he's more concerned about her alcohol and her tranquilizer use and mm-hmm. what that actually means. And, and what he, it does to her game. And he can see, but the thing is, is because he's such a good chess player, mm-hmm. he can see that she thinks it's helping her, but he sees it's actually hindering her. Now, it's interesting that you bring that up. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Because I wanted to sort of, I wanted to talk about the gender of addiction a little bit. Okay. I mean, neither of us are doctors nope. or addiction specialists. Well, I'm not that kind of doctor. No. But... What would you imagine that alcoholism or drug addiction does for men? Oh, geez, I have no idea. Would you Would you agree that it's a bit of an escape? Okay, yeah. And to to drown out yeah, or turn like the a, volume like, down. Yeah, on like a way to mute trauma. Things. Yeah, or to one hundred percent to obliterate. Yep. You know, to just not have to. Yep. Think about anything, right? Mm-hmm. Because. I mean, we've, we've talked about the issues with men not being able to properly express themselves right. or express their trauma or work through that. So this kind but, of stuff helps to compensate for that. I think that, you know, a lot yeah. of men drink and do drugs and do those kinds of things to escape yeah. that pressure. No, I, I, would, I, would, I would agree. Yep. Okay. I would argue that a lot of women's addiction issues have to do with doing what they need to do to carry on. Okay. Get on with things. To get on with things. Mummy's little helper, if you will. Right. Right? Yeah. Where Mrs. Wheatley had her her pills. She needed her, you know, she needed to be tranquil and she needed her alcohol so that she could forget about how shitty her life was. Right. And keep going. Right. And keep things going. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, and so I think Beth's addictions to pills and alcohol was that she, for the longest time, didn't believe that her ability was her. She felt that her ability depended on those substances and that if she didn't have those, her ability would just go away. I took a slightly different take from that. Yeah, I felt like it's interesting you talk about the masculine and and feminine side of addiction. Mm -hmm. I felt like for her, the tranquilizers helped quiet her mind mm. to a point that she felt like she could focus on the board on the board okay. and the moves because chess if if anybody who plays it, being able to visualize multiple moves out mm-hmm. is what d- distinguishes a, an amazing chess player from an average chess player. Mm-hmm. Like when I play chess, I can only see two or three moves ahead. Okay. Um, my grandfather was a grandmaster, and oh really? Yeah, yeah. And he on my dad's side, and he could mm. he could see an entire game from the first move. Right. Right. And my oldest son also sees multiple moves ahead when we mm. when 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 we play. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the 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 noise that is going on in her head, the tranquilizers help her focus mute out all the other background shit 
or at least that's the way I perceived okay. it. It's interesting that you saw it one way and I saw mm-hmm. it, that I is, saw it the other it way. It is because there doesn't seem to be much else going on in her life besides chess. No. So I think that because the first time she saw that board was when she was all fucked up on on tranquilizers. Right. She, she felt kind like of, this uh, is the uh, equated that, it. Yeah. That link, just like she made that link between her mother, her mother's genius, and that and madness, madness. Yeah. That she linked those two things as well, yeah. and that she felt that if she didn't have that, she wasn't going to be able to win. And in fact, she says that to a couple of characters. Mm-hmm. I need it to win. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so after she loses to Borgov the second time in was that- in Paris. Oh, it was in Paris. In right. Paris in 1967, after she has that night with Cleo, where they go and they have too many drinks, and yep. she wakes up in a fucking bathtub and yep. is, you know all fucked up not ready to go right not prepared not at the not, top of her game not well rested no. yeah and it's kind of interesting um it made me think of when i watched it and i know these things are like miles apart temporally <laughs> and 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 by genre but i remember reading ronda rousey's biography about her days fighting yes Read her MMA career, right? Well, like her and her early childhood and okay. training and yeah. stuff like that. And when she was doing her judo tournaments and championships as as a kid and a young woman, her mother, who was an Olympic judo champion herself, mm-hmm. said to her, "It's not good enough to be able to do it on your best day. Right? You need to be able to beat these people on your worst fucking day." Yeah. And I think that's what that's one of the things that where she was so angry at herself, where it's like, you're this good, you should be able to do this anytime. Mm-hmm. And so she falls into a little hole after that second loss to yeah. Borgov. Well, because it's twice now she's gone up against yes. him, fought her hardest, and still lost. Right. And and it's so easy for her with everybody else. Right. Yeah. So And she says, he's the only one I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. So she goes home. And Benny wants her to come back to New York. She goes back to Kentucky instead mm-hmm. and drinks her fucking face off. Mm-hmm. She just goes on a massive bender. Yeah. And Belkin's trying to, he like rings her doorbell, knocks on her door, tries to get her to answer the phone, like can't get a hold of her, basically confronts her at this, that high school that right. where she goes to her first tournament. She they goes, ask her to come as like a celebrity guest kind of thing. Yeah. And she shows up. As a fucking, she's hungover. Like a she's rock grumpy. star. Yeah, yeah, she looks, I mean, her makeup looks great because that's, it's like 60s kind of twiggy looking. Yeah. And that she, all, look. she was really into fashion too. She always. Oh yeah, she looked great. Yeah, she had some great Whoever style. was the costume designer for amazing. that. Amazing, did an amazing. Uh, amazing. If they don't like, win like, I don't know, an Emmy or whatever it is. For, Oscar, they yeah. should win an Oscar. Oh, well, it's a docuseries, no, it's, it's, so it's not a movie. Well, it's not a docuseries, but it's, it's, it's a miniseries, so mm-hmm. I don't think it's mm-hmm. eligible for for Oscar, but it'll win an Emmy Emmy, or something. It'll win an Emmy, I'm sure, for the costume and set design. And she basically, and he confronts her at this high school because he knew where where she was going to be. And she basically says, fuck you. Like, leave me alone. And she goes back to the house and continues. And then there's a knock on the door. And who's at the door, Dante? I don't remember who was at the door. Jolene! That's right. When Jolene shows up with a giant fucking afro, She's, looking looking she, like a chick from a black exploitation film, she like, is magnificent. She's like Shaft, like 
is like it? Foxy Brown. Yes, Foxy Brown. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, she comes in. She all is fantastic. Fierce as fuck. Yeah, like she and she looks comes great. in and she's like, "Girl, what the fuck? She's like, what what are you the doing? fuck is going on here? What are you doing?" Well, and and of course, um, Beth got the house because when Mrs. No, she Wheatley, buys the house. Well, when Mrs. Wheatley died. She was making the payments, and then Mr. Wheatley showed up. Well, out he of the said blue. he he said she could have it, and as then he changes the his mind. Yeah, no, he changes his mind, and she was like, "Fine, I'll fucking buy it then. Yeah. Fuck you," because he wanted to sell it and get the money. Yeah, and she's like, "No, I'll buy the house. Get the fuck out of it." And so Jolene shows up at this house that mm-hmm. she's basically been having a bender for. Yeah, for it's, who it knows looks how completely long. trashed. Yeah, and again, I love the threads that are brought through mm-hmm. this story because. Jolene is basically her family. Yep. And she shows up and is like, listen, this isn't about your mom. You're not your mom. Mm-hmm. I've been following your chess career. You're fucking amazing. You don't need this shit. Like you need to knock the fuck off, mm-hmm. basically. And it's so, you know, I remember the first time I saw Frozen. Have you seen Frozen? Oh, yeah. I watched it on the way to Nashville one time. Oh. Yeah. And I remember being so, I was not expecting, you know, in, in fairy tales, it's always the prince that come and saves the princess, right? And in Frozen, the princess saves the other princess. Yeah. And true love starts to mean something else. Same thing in Maleficent. Yeah, yeah. True love starts to mean something else. And I thought that was cool in this series as well is that all these men are trying to tell her like stop this benny doesn't want to talk to her anymore yeah belkin is like fuck okay and she shows up and says what the fuck are you doing jolene shows up and it's like light bulb yeah yeah but i think because and and unfortunately she shows up because scheibel's dead so they go to the funeral together and there's this really really touching scene where she they basically she basically just walks into Methun house. Yeah, cuz it was it was still like an active. Yeah, like, it was yeah. still going on. she just kind of walks in and the headmistress is like, "You know, you should be in chapel right now." And she's like, "Yes, ma'am." Yeah. And she <laughs> and she goes down to Shibel's basement because he's dead now, and she sees this this bulletin board just full of her articles yeah. and covers the and letters she wrote asking le- him for the entrance fee yeah. for her first tournament and she's just yeah. it just that's the first time she really shows emotion yeah is for him yeah and that you know she starts to realize that all these people care about her yes and that she's not all alone because she's i think she's felt all her life yeah like that orphan that she's been alone yeah and so it's in that sort of space that she goes to Russia. Yeah. Can you tell me about the Russian players? So it was an international crew of of. Oh, champions. I guess. Yes, that's right. Because it was the world championship. Right? But as she makes her way to the top, mm-hmm. she she plays some absolutely stunning players. The best players in the, the world. The best players in the world. And I think... One of my favorites 
is the guy that looks like Albert Einstein. Luchenko. Luchenko. Mm-hmm. He's the oldest. They, they make a point of saying, it's funny because they have all these commentators from like different parts of the world speaking <laughs> different languages, commenting on, like it's like some kind of, like it's like the World Cup or the Olympics or something. Yeah. And, they're all, and they're all like, yeah. ooh, when she pulls this move, queen to rook four. Yeah. Ah, right? and, like, and, and like, and who's listening to this? But the Russians were like, lo- the local fans in Russia were following oh, yeah. us because they had a couple of things. And Luchenko was this elder statesman he looked eccentric. He did look like Einstein. He looked like Einstein. Big gray hair, wore yeah. a scarf, right? Little round glasses, little John Lennon glasses on him and stuff. And and she plays him and beats him. Mm-hmm. And he says such sweet things to her. He's so gracious. He's incredibly gracious. Mm-hmm. And to have the oldest player mm-hmm. who's a man mm-hmm. who himself was a chess prodigy. And she who, was American. He was Russian. Right. And like he was Soviet. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. like, like, right. And, and for him to be like, you're the best player I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, oh I know. Right? Like <laughs> you just yeah. melt. Right. Yeah. And, and again, it's this, and I think the reason it's so impactful, because even though, I mean, this is like, the last episode, I think, or something yes, like that. Is, of the series. Yes, so yeah, you've yeah. watched, you've already spent several hours in this world <laughs> and, yeah. and your fears of her getting raped and your fears of her getting being assaulted or abused. her, or her being treated shitty for, for winning yeah. because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Like none of that has been realized. Right. And yet you still expect it from this guy. Yes. Yes. And when he gives you the exact opposite of it and then comes at you with such compassion and love and you're just like and respect and yeah and respect and you just you you should be expecting it but you're not and it's so emotional it is yeah and this is the thing like you know i i I think that i really felt for they make a point of saying that the women's world champion never played also russian yeah is watching the tournament she's never been allowed to play men and now here's this american yeah woman in the world championship, mm-hmm. playing men, like that must have been really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, you think, why? Why do you get to do this and I don't? You know, and you, and I, to me, it just sort of triggered thoughts of the freedoms and privileges that I enjoy as a woman living in Canada. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Versus women in other places. Basically, that are being put in jail for using TikTok. Yeah. Well, which is what's going on in Egypt, right? Right. Yeah. Um, it's so stark, right? Yeah. You know, that was in the 60s. This is now. Yeah. Egypt Shit hasn't changed a whole no. lot. Right? But it depends on who's in power and yes. how the regime is set. And the Soviet Union had a very clear delineation on what the roles of men and women were in for the cause, right? Right. So, so, so now she's meeting Borgov for the third time. Yeah. And Towns shows up in Russia. Yeah. Basically explains, so I'm gay. Yeah. But I, I want to be your friend and I want to be your second. And how do we, what do you need from me to beat right. this guy? Yeah. And so they start to strategize yeah. and do some things. And she gets a phone call from who? From Benny. From Benny. From Benny. And who's around? Everybody else from the whole show. All the men. All the she, men. To all the men she's loved before. Yes. Or or beaten in chess or both. So the twins are there. Yep. Belkin's there. Benny's there. And the twins his, were in Mexico. They showed up two, in Mexico. They did. Yep. But those two buddies that were there before. And they're all 
helping her strategize. If this happens, you got to do this. And if that yeah. happens, if he does this, you got to do that. And, da, 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 da. and it was like, again, smashing that traditional narrative yeah. of what happens when you break up with people where they all love her as a person yep. and they want her to win and adopting adopting that russian sense of teamwork yeah and and that's why they dominated was because they always worked as a team yep. instead of against each other yep. whereas the americans were like I'm going to do it by myself. Well, they, they treated her success as their own success as opposed yes. to her success being their failure. Right. So yeah. she she plays him. And, and they, and they he play does, late. He does this thing. Well, they adjourn. They adjourn. And and it's so cool. I, it's a, I, I don't know if in real chess tournaments that they do that kind of I'm thing. I'm sure they do. But, but the, the, the dramatic thing is like, we're going to adjourn. Put your next move in this envelope. Right. And then off you go. And then they, they are up all night figuring yes. like, what could he do? Strategizing. And then what is your response to that, yeah. right? And so then the next day, Borgov does something that they didn't plan for. Yeah. And Towns is in the audience going, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, like now they were what? certain this was a smart move. Right. And she prepped for it. Yeah. And then... And like, then, and to me, this was the turning point. And, and oh, by the way... She does all of this sober. She does the entire Russian tournament, the world tournament. Yes. Sober. Yes. Because she's like, she took whatever Jolene had to say to her to heart. Yeah. And does the whole thing sober. And she's tempted, but they show her like flushing a bunch of these pills down the toilet. Yeah, she flushed it. She's like, nope. I'm she not- didn't just like, I'm not going to take it, but I'll keep it here just in case. Yeah. No. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. And for me, the turning point was when she's playing Borgov and he makes that move that no one was expecting and she looks up and the chessboard appears on the ceiling. Yeah. So you don't need this. And it's like at that moment she understands that it's not the pills and it's not the alcohol. It's her. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I'm like tearing up. (laughs) And she sees in that moment that she's going to win the game. Yeah, because she can see all the moves. She can see all the moves. Yep. And so she makes the next move and he sees it too. Yep. And so he puts his piece down. Does he offer her a draw? He Oh, that's right. Oh shit. Yeah. He offers her a draw. So Cuz that's that's the thing. It's like draw and if you want to be gracious, you accept the draw or if you want to be Or if you're not sure if you can win, yeah. you accept the draw. Yeah. And they're all like, she should accept the draw because, you know, like he's all, Borgov, like, all the commentators are yeah. like, she should do that. Like, she doesn't know if she can win. And what does she do? She fucking... She shakes her head. No. No. And she and that's when she sees the chessboard. She makes the next move and he can see, yeah. okay, this shit's over. Yeah. And he picks up the piece and holds her hand with it. Yeah. He gives her the piece. Yes. And, and again... I can't fucking remember. Did he give her the queen or did he give her the king? I don't know. I don't play chess, so I don't know what he. Well, the king, the king is the one. Like you were trying to get the king. I thought the queen was the one. No, the queen is the most. The queen is the most versatile of all the chess pieces because the queen can move in any direction as many squares as she wants. Okay. Forwards, backwards, whatever. But the king directions. I get it. Yeah, but are you mansplaining (laughs) directions to me? But the king, the king is the piece you tried to take. Okay. The game is over once the king is is blocked. Yeah, and he same thing. Borgov is portrayed as this emotionless machine enemy of her, right? This sort of arch enemy of hers. Like Drago from fucking Rocky. Yes. 
Except I, f- I find Borgov much more attractive. Have you seen what he looks like in real life? Yeah, I have. I look, at I, look, at his, look at his IMDb profile. Dang. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and same thing. So, so, so incredibly gracious. Yeah. I feel like, like I pretty much laughed through my tears. Yeah, you wrote, you, so you like, texted me. You're like, OMG, OMG, OMG. I'm crying through my tears. <laughs> right? Or I'm laughing through my tears, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite emotions. Laughter through tears is one yeah. of my favorite emotions. And it's so incredibly satisfying. Yeah. Like, you know it's coming, right? Yeah. Like, you know it's You're coming. You're pretty sure she's going to triumph. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just so like, and then, and then they're driving her back to the airport and her like American and, um, State Department. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they, they G-Man. Put, they put a whole like, sort of thing with the CIA yeah, involved or whatever. And, and she's like, yeah, can you let me out here, please? And she walks into this park where all these old men play chess. All these old Russians play chess, yeah. Every day. Yeah. And they're, it's like the middle of winter and they're still out there playing. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're all in their like babushkas and yeah, stuff. fingerless clubs and whatever. And she walks up and the gentleman who's sitting there goes, Harmon? Yeah, which is her last name. Yeah, And they're all like, oh my God, like this is the world chess champion. And there's probably like 20 of them. And they all gather around her like a rock star. Yeah. And congratulate her. And then she plays chess with one of them. Yeah. And says, let's play. Because she can Russian. speak Russian, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, oh my God. Like it's just, and it, and it's like, she comes down to this is who I am. Yeah. Like this is... It's like she fully realizes and accepts who she is yeah. in that moment. Without yep. her booze and her pills mm-hmm. and her past and, you know, that she isn't her mother. Yeah. And she doesn't... And she doesn't have to pretend that she's something that she's not. Yeah. And I think the the point of all of her her fashion choices and her like is that it, they make it very very clear in the series that she's not like she's very very comfortable being a woman yes you know what i mean she's not she's not a woman trying to make it in a man's world by acting like a man yeah dressing in pantsuits and stuff like that which like, would be fine would but, be okay but, but she I, was very jackie o in her like yes, her fashion she was. style oh my god yeah. stunning stunning yeah. stunning and at the end too all in white when she's in the yes, park there yeah. and her beautiful coat and, yeah. and this is the thing too is that maybe some people are uncomfortable with this but i found it oddly touching how so many of these very very prominent chess players treated her like a lady yeah they would kiss her hand and they would you know like the couple russian guys that like you know cheers her in the bar that time right. and just acknowledging her and being polite and you know i don't think there's anything i don't think enjoying manners makes me a bad feminist i just it, no. it, it was really really pleasing to watch you know you're right. She had she did have a real Jackie O type vibe. Yeah, so, in a lot of her fashion. Yeah, as, as she got kind of kind of sort of famous or got got kind of big time, she mm-hmm. definitely that kind of that was her expression, right? And, yeah, yeah, and I, I and and you were you know oh wait so <laughs> hold on when she wins yes they call Benny yes and everybody's waiting to hear. They're in his little basement apartment. <laughs> in his little shitty apartment. Yeah. And he turns and they're all like, yay! And I think that's what made me laugh through my, yeah. through my, through my tears. Yeah. But this is the thing. Again, going back to that smashing of the traditional narrative yeah. 
of you can be friends with people you used to have sex with. It's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, and that people that that people's relationships to each other can transcend sex and former relationships and that they can evolve to be other relationships. She was really, really hoping for a romantic relationship with Towns. Yeah. But once she realized that that wasn't possible, she was very ready to accept him as her really, really good friend. Well, not immediately. Not in Mexico, but... No, but but, later when she saw him again later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think this is what I think the genius of this series is. Like all of this stuff that we've talked about today, it's so multi-layered and so multifaceted and so much more complex, I think, than a lot of people see if they're just watching it at face value. Yeah. It's really, when you really start to delve into some of the themes... It's so brilliant, it is. like on so many. And it levels. came out of nowhere. It I, really I wasn't. Did. I, I wasn't. We familiar thought that with the Tiger book. King was the big thing for 2020. Seriously, but like this. Wow. This is way better than Tiger King, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, but I didn't well, know the, the clothes book. are better. It was. It was. It was based on a book that I'd never heard of. Like I, I was not on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. And the only reason. The only reason I started watching it was because it kept showing up on Netflix anytime I went to Netflix. I was like, what's this Queen's Gambit? And I and watched I the trailer asleep. and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And I watched the first Those episode. Those people don't look like twins. No. And I watched the first episode <laughs> while you're sleeping on me. Yeah. And I was like, this is really good. Yeah. And I explained it to you and you're like, eh. So then I watched, I went home and I watched it and I told you how good it was. And then your kid got into it. Yeah. And one of your kids got into it. And, and it's then, so, so good. And then I was like, you need, really need to watch My this. one kid, I can't even get him to watch Hamilton. I'm ready to like uh, disown him. He, we'll, we'll work on you. Okay. Maybe over maybe over the holidays. Yeah. You know what? When I bring that special eggnog that I'm going to make. Oh. Well, little, you should make that conditional. Yeah. You want some eggnog? Watch You got to watch Hamilton with us. There you go. <laughs> Give it 20 minutes and you'll be hooked. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts before we? No, wrap just this up? it's. It, it, I mean, if you made it this far in the podcast, you've already seen this. Mm-hmm. But so we don't need to tell you how awesome it is because you know how awesome it mm-hmm. is. But I think if there are people in your life that have it are looking for something to watch, don't don't let them get turned off by the fact that it's about chess. It's really not. It, chess is like a set dress. It's a device. Yeah. It's not. It's not about. Even though it was super technical and there was... Because you play chess, but I don't. Yeah. And it didn't matter. And I didn't find it... Did it make you want to play chess? No. No. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, is it's the relationships. And I think Mm -hmm. don't spoil it for them. No. Let them have that realization and... And then let them listen to this podcast after. Right. But but even just the like... I'm super curious... When I found that McLean's article, like I said, I'm going to link mm, that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, this is exactly how I felt through yes, the whole thing. Yes, yes. And I wonder how many other people, like if this was an intentional part on the director or the or the, or the mm. author, mm-hmm. if this was a theme that they were pursuing mm-hmm. and we were being led down this garden path of like, is she going to get raped? No. Okay. Like, what about now? Oh, or is like, that just the way we're conditioned? Yeah. Or is it a result, like this is a pure story mm-hmm. about... A character, not a man or a woman, just a, a character's character. triumph. Yeah. Right. Who just happens to be a woman. Right. Or is it really meant to smash that sort of preconceived expectation of I like, it's... I, I want to do, we're gonna, I'm going to do a little bit more digging and see if I can find, okay. there's got to be more commentary on this from the people that were in it to figure it out. But it's brilliant. And also, uh, the character, sorry, the actress that plays Beth Harmon mm-hmm. learned English watching Harry Potter. I know. I 
I love that story. <laughs> she's Argentinian, correct? Yeah. I mean, she's from, she's European background, but she w- grew up in Argentina. Yeah. And she learned, maybe that's why I said Spanish class. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Spanish is her native tongue. And 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 I think the largest eyes I've ever seen on an actor I ever. think she's stunning. I couldn't stop looking at her. I she's, was like, she's incredibly she's, interesting looking. She's very compelling. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and so I find it very encouraging that this is the kind of programming that we're starting to expect yeah. from Netflix yep. and other streaming services. And I like I like the things that are being touched on yeah. and not necessarily made a big deal of. I'm not beating you over the head with like, look, a gay character or look, a bisexual interaction. Yeah. It's just, hey, this is just part this of the is, human condition. Like, yeah, this happens. this is just part of her experience. Yeah. That her encounter with a woman had even less screen time than you know her like basically meh encounters with men yeah you know like it just so i mean i wouldn't be mad if they spent more time on it but 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 it wasn't even commented on like it wasn't and you never heard from her again and you but anyway so um so thank you for coming on this journey with us i i i hope that you know, we we touched on some things that made you go, oh. I, I, I want to cool. watch the last episode again. Actually, I kind of want. Oh, did I remember t- more stuff than you did? Well, no, I just I kind of want to see it again now that we've talked and about it. And we should it. watch it together because then because that time that way it'll take like twice as much time as it usually. Does. <laughs> <laughs> we do this for you, dear listeners. We do. Yeah. yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. So, how can how can people find us? Well, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Cheating on Fear. Mm-hmm. We have a website, cheatingonfear.com. We have yes, a Patreon, yes. patreon.com slash cheating on fear. Uh-huh. And please send us an email, comments or questions, um, suggestions for future shows, things you want to hear us talk about. Info at cheatingonfear.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes that we have please leave us a review it really helps us out if you could do that share the episode to all those people that you know that are queen's gambit fans that have already seen it yep yeah don't share it to somebody that hasn't seen it because that's just shitty no don't be that person no no one likes that person (laughs) thanks so much for listening everybody thanks everyone see you next time bye